Yo, everybody, welcome back to the Fastest 40. My name is Dan. This is episode 17 of our second season. I've got my cousin Drake over here joining us for the show. Special guest co-host. Drake, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. What's up, y'all? It's Drake. I'm ready to have a good time, man. <laughs> We're going to need to have a good time after uh, <laughs> you know what we went through last Sunday, so I'm ready to uh, jump into everything going on with the NFL. Uh, let's get after it, and... Let's get high. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, You know I could run the fastest 40. Fast, fast, fast. Heard about it, now they asking for me. Got it, now they asking for me. You know I could run the fastest 40. 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 All right, we're going to get right into it. Pre-game stretches. These are brought to you, as always, by CS Designs. Our friend Corey Sanders always doing it big with the graphic game. Putting together Every single cool image and branding and anything that we have going on with the podcast, that's courtesy of Corey Sanders and the incredible stuff that he's able to do for folks and the brand that they're trying to promote. Um, videography, photography, web design, putting together content on social media to make sure that you're hitting your target market. Those are the kinds of things that he can help you with, and he always listens and always does a damn good job. So make sure you check them out at www.coreysandersdesigns.com. You can also visit his Instagram page at CS Designs Official. Take a peek at some of the work he's put together for some of these other companies, sports teams, all kinds of great stuff that he's doing. Uh, you won't regret it. So, pregame stretch. Before we get into all the heartbreak uh, of the Chiefs season and, and what we had to experience in the AFC Championship game, and before we talk about you know the upcoming Super Bowl between the Bengals and the Rams, let's just kind of touch on a few other things going on in the NFL, starting with the recent retirement. So kind of crazy, you know, two quarterbacks that we grew up watching, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Man. within a week of... Each announcement, they both retired from the NFL. And with that retirement, <laughs> it leaves one quarterback sitting on the top of the pile with the most rings in the NFL, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo, mm. <laughs> who earned him on the bench. <laughs> so pretty pretty crazy. Pretty crazy seeing... It's going to be weird seeing a league next year without Big Ben and without Tom Brady. It's crazy. Ben was a two-time Super Bowl champ with the Steelers, six-time Pro Bowler, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he led the league in various passing categories, and he's top 10 all-time in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. So I think Ben Roethlisberger is 100% going to be a Hall of Famer. Easy. I also think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of yeah, Famer. Yeah, he's, he's a, that's, a, that's a legend. That's a legend, yeah. for sure. I mean... You know, two Super Bowls. I mean, two Super Bowls, that's going to already put you in, you mm -hmm. know, as a starter, you know what I'm saying? And right. just, just the way he did it, young, you mm -hmm. know. So, yeah, I, I, that's an easy one. Not to mention all the years that Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell were just scorching defenses. Yeah, killing it. 
killing it. So. And the the killer bees. I mean, that was like their nickname from pretty much 2013, 14 was the first year they that trio kind of took off, and that lasted almost five seasons mm-hmm. uh, of greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <clears throat> and they were um, basically. They lost to like the Jaguars and the Patriots, and they just kept running into these teams in the playoffs. Couldn't get it done in Ben's later years, and mm-hmm. you know, they they have a really good team right now. The Steelers do, but you could tell that they're hamstrung by Big Ben's performances and in, in a lot of those games. It's just because he wasn't the guy that he used to yeah, be. He's just no more gas in the tank, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think he. I think he. You know, he knew that. This season, I think he just wanted one more farewell season, you know, what right. I'm saying? see what they could do. And they made the playoffs. I mean, it's as it, shitty and as <laughs> unlikely as we thought they would be, you know what I'm saying? They really made the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's that was that was. I mean, he can really he can really be happy about that, in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? Last year, made the playoffs, you didn't just fall out, you know right? What I'm saying you still he, did something, right? You know, led the team. To yeah. a high caliber season, really you gave your team a chance. You know, when I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. I mean, mid season, yeah, didn't look like it. You know, interesting enough, Big Ben's never had a losing season. Yeah, that's good. in in all of his years in the NFL, he's always had uh, at the very least been five hundred, eight and eight maybe, um, and <laughs> they tied they tied the Detroit Lions this year, who were you know bottom five team in the league. Yeah. For the entire year, and that tie, you know, when when an NFL team ties, it's always like, is that going to help me come playoff times, or is that going to yeah, hurt me? Because yeah. you could end up losing by that half game, right, or right. you know, how are they classify it? And it turned out to help them. Ended I mean, ended up, ended up coming in. It vaulted them ahead of some better than a loss. Yeah, a hundred percent. It is. It yeah. vaulted them ahead of the Colts, yeah. the Dolphins, who were on a hot streak. Um, they they surpassed the Ravens and the Browns in in the AFC. So I mean, in the Chargers team. exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's really nothing to be ashamed about. They, they with, shouldn't with have made they, the playoffs. No, with that Chargers Raiders game. They should they not have. And still gave him a chance. So what's yeah. his name called the timeout? The coach of the Chargers <laughs> that ultimately cost him. Yeah, they, they dropped the ball on that one. But yep, it's nice though because Big Ben got a chance to get in. So that's yep. that's cool. It's a cool way to go out. Absolutely. It's be anyway, so. Absolutely. So that brings us to Tom Brady, yeah. which, you know, Big Ben's got to be like kicking himself for retiring at the same time as Tom Brady because yeah. the yeah. Hall of Fame ceremony is going to be that all about sucks. Tom. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, this whole week was all about Tom. I mean, as soon yeah. as he, even when he faked, you know, retired or everyone said he was retiring. I, I felt bad for Big Ben because I was like, dang, man, you got one day to bask in it. It's Tom time now, man. <laughs> yeah, you're, it, no one's even talked about his yeah, retirement yeah, yeah. since then, really. I mean, it doesn't exist now. It's, it's all about, you know, is Tom Brady really done? Yeah. You know, does he change That's his mind? I don't know. I think I think he's thrown the towel in. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I think he. I, I'm like kind of like eighty percent. I think he has too. But I, I mean, there is a twenty percent in me that's like I could see him coming back. Right. Like there's a chance. The blue, you know? Yeah. Just kind of like Gronk did. You know. Mm-hmm. Just like you know. Ah, I'm just gonna see. You know. Well, Brady pulled Gronk out of retirement. What if Gronk was like Brady? You got to come back. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It'd only be fair. Right. But, you owe me. But you know, I'm glad he's retired, man. He deserves to retire. You know. Yeah. 
He's earned it. <laughs> He's earned it. Stay retired. Yeah, yeah. He deserves <laughs> it, man. You know? Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl champ, won the MVP in five of those Super Bowls, three-time league MVP, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, multiple all-team first pros, all-team second pros, the most Pro Bowl appearances in NFL history by a player at 15. He has that. He's led the league in passing touchdowns and yards, passer rating and completion percentage multiple times for each statistic. He's a member of two all-decade teams, the 2000s and the 2010s. He was also on the NFL 100 anniversary team. So that was like a compilation of all players from the 100 years of the NFL, and he he was obviously prestigious enough to, to make that list. Not only was he on that team, which is such an elite grouping, it's kind of like the NBA when they did their 75th anniversary team. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also leads all quarterbacks in career passing touchdowns, yards, and pl- all the playoff stats yeah. for passing. You know, he's number one in all of those things, including wins. It's just, an, his career is just unfathomable. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to think about, honestly. I mean, I, I honestly I put a lot of uh pressure on Mahomes to like reach him. We all do. And it's like honestly you like that's so fucked up. Like you can't expect someone to reach that. It's a know? lofty goal. Yeah, you can't. It, it, like even like if you think about it, like first he had such a long career, you know, so that helps. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kinda like the Jerry Rice thing. When you play so long, of course you're gonna accumulate the best stats. Right, or you know or saying? uh you know, but that's Kareem still a good and... stat. That's one of the best stats in and of itself is playing that long, you know. So that's cool to him, but it's like, yeah, we do put a lot of pressure on Mahomes to be like that, and I think we need to chill on that because you can still be great without doing that, you know what I'm saying? But that just speaks to how great Tom Brady was. But I want to know, do you think, like, you know, Tom Brady was great. I don't want to, like, sit here and just go in on him, but is he a cheater? Yeah. Okay. It was proven <laughs> okay. that him and his coach and that organization so, so cheated that great? on multiple fronts. Let's get now, into it. Now, okay, so I am not – it's hard to take anything away from somebody when it was a team sport mm-hmm. because there were a lot of times where, especially early in Tom Brady's career – when he was leading the offense, and the offense most certainly was not the strength of the team. Right. It was the defense. Right. In those first three Super Bowls, the defense got them there. Mm-hmm. Now, that definitely evolved as the Patriots evolved, and the Patriots always had great defenses mm-hmm. because they have probably the best defensive coach of all time, you know, leading that unit. Right. So, you know, while, while it is... Definitely a lot of controversy around him and his career and the balls deflating. And I don't even care about the deflated footballs. Like, that's not even a big thing to me personally. The problem I had was the uh, taping of the other team's practices. that's, that's, That's next level. Right. And they get caught doing it against the New York Jets of all teams who have not been good since... 1960, 1970, when, you know, Joe Namath won the Super Bowl. It was 1968, so when when they won that. So that was the last time the Jets did anything of merit. Mm-hmm. And you're taping their practices, and it's just, I don't know, it's not a good look. It's not something that's going to keep them out of the Hall of Fame. You right, know, right, 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 right. it's not going to, 
it wasn't like he ever did like steroids or HGH or any shit like that. But, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, I think he's a he is a cheater. It's been proven. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> I mean, okay. Do you feel like you know, like what, what, like what are your real feelings about Tom Brady? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are like, your real feelings? So, like, we know he's great. We know he's the goat. But yeah, like, how do you feel about Tom Brady? Like, I respect him as a player, of course. Yeah. And I think he's probably a good dude. I mean, obviously, I don't know him, but at he the did, end of the he day, gets most people saying he's a good dude. Yeah, 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 and but he burned my team so many times that That's I'm like, right, fuck yeah. Tom Brady. Right, right. And I feel that way about Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. too. Which Peyton Manning also carries some extra stuff because he's I've heard was an asshole. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like I don't know about I don't like Peyton Manning at all mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> either, but. You know, and now, and we can get into it in a little bit, but basically anyone who's the face of a franchise that torments the team that I follow, the Chiefs, it, they really do not sit well with me right. ever. Right. And that's like the Peyton Mannings, the, and I'm speaking about stuff that happened in my lifetime. Like obviously John Elway has a huge negative connotation when it comes to Chiefs fans because of all the stuff that he was doing to us in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Honestly, you can take Joe Burrow's real diamond, have an ass, and throw him in that bucket too yeah. for people that I just do not like. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting there for me. I'm not going to lie, but we can get into that. Yeah. Know? So that's that's my real feelings on Tom Brady. I respect the shit out of him because he was a phenomenal mm-hmm. player, and I don't mm-hmm. think we're ever going to see mm-hmm. that ever again in the NFL. Um, it's well, kind of no, like Michael it's Jordan. Scenario. It's yeah. an era. That's the thing, too. It's why you can't compare people because it's like they come from different eras. You can really only compare people within their era. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because the game is played differently now. Well, that's what, what kills me so much about, you know, what you said earlier with Mahomes' career. Yeah. He played him in that era, and now he won't have an opportunity to have a winning record against him. Right, right. And it's two and three all time yeah. is Mahomes and Brady. Right. But two of those losses happened in the Super Bowl and the AFC they Championship. Mattered the they mattered the most. Right. So it sucks. That doesn't that, sit well. But, 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 but <laughs> in my opinion, in my opinion, you know, in my you know light football opinion, like you, he can still be better. He can still be better. Yeah. I mean, he can definitely still be the go over Tom Brady. I mean, he can break the records. He can, you know, there's he's. 26 years old you can have a better record in the super bowl there's a chance yeah. you know tom brady wasn't a perfect 10 for 10 he went seven and three which is i mean it's even it's just incredible to I even think say more, that but. i think more quarterbacks are gonna play longer now <clears throat> yeah i mean there's so much more that has come out about longevity and being able to sustain your body i mean we're looking at i mean obviously tom brady is a keynote example of that playing at such a high level at 44 when you know players usually at that position fall off around 40 if and that's if they're hall of famers they fall off at that time like we're seeing big ben's decline was three years ago and he was a hall of famer so there's just a lot that that comes with that and i mean we're seeing it i think we're seeing it mostly honestly in the mlb and the nba Uh, these players that are playing at such high levels going into their 40s and now that's starting to that all that technique and all of those different secrets are starting to creep their way into the nfl 
<clears throat> like Larry I, Fitzgerald played until he was 37 as right. a wide receiver, which is incredible. Yeah. And uh, because it's such a demanding position and right. there's so much competition. Right. I mean, the wide receiver classes that have been coming out the last three to five years are just Crazy. stacked. Yeah, wide receivers are, yeah, there's a lot of good ones yeah. these days. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think, you know, Mahomes definitely has a chance to challenge his legacy, even with the most recent loss. And, you know, whether he surpasses him or not, he's the best quarterback the Chiefs have ever seen. And I think that's really the most important thing to me. Honestly, and he's given us already classic games and oh, yeah. great seasons. And even even this season was great for Mahomes, you know, and the Chiefs, like to battle through what they battled through to get to where they got. Right. They were getting talked about not making the playoffs. So but, yeah, at one point they were three and four, and then you blinked, yeah. and they were hosting the AFC Championship right. for a fourth consecutive year. I mean, pretty incredible. But either way, you know, shout out Tom Brady. Whatever. Yeah. Best of luck in retirement Thanks. to you, Tom. I know you'll hear this. <laughs> so, the Pro Bowl was today. Um, wow, what a terrible game. The AFC beat the NFC 41-35. to I tuned in briefly. I listened to it on the radio for a little bit. Um, I mean, it just... The game has lost its luster a little bit the last couple of years, but this year was all-time bad. I mean, I don't know if you got to watch any of it today, but basically it was like watching a team do a practice walkthrough. I've seen clips. It looked like a, a practice. And it was like, what are we even doing here? Right. That's... Like, these dudes are just doing mini camp. You said they were playing two-hand touch? Yeah, but basically... Yeah, it's they need to do something with that. That's not it's not a good that's look. That's not fair. It's and I I said this before when we were talking before we started recording, but if I was a a fan and I purchased tickets for myself and my family to go see this event and then I get there and it's a product that's as high, it's held in such a high regard as the NFL. Mm-hmm. But when you get there, it's something totally different than what traditionally you get at NFL games and from those players and athletes. And it's like, what the hell? Why am I even spending money on this? Yeah. You know, and those Pro Bowl tickets probably weren't cheap. They were in uh, Vegas. Of course not. <laughs> so. It used to be so cool, but it's just like, it definitely just went downhill. And that's, yeah, this year. I couldn't even watch it because I didn't want to see the Chiefs in it. And just it just didn't. Yeah. Honestly, like. Since the Chiefs are done, my interest has just went. My, my interest down. stock is just dropping. <laughs> well, the it's funny because Mahomes, this is his fourth Pro Bowl, but only the second time he's played in it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we haven't seen him play in a Pro Bowl since 2019, which is kind of crazy weird. to think about. It's weird. It's not even... <clears throat> But he said he still has a bad taste in his mouth, so yeah. I'm I'm excited to see them come back and really, yeah, get it. Yeah, me too, me too. I hope they do. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what goes down in the off season. A lot of stuff that we're going to talk about later in the show. But I mean, there's some there's got to be some alternatives that we can do for the Pro Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, 
I would be I like what they do with the skills contests yeah. and the dodgeball and you know all it's that fun. stuff. That's fun. I think there's more stuff they can do with it. Yeah, there's more there's more things they could definitely add to it to make it more interesting and you know, um yeah, definitely. But what do you think about like the game? Like that game is just not that's almost unbearable to watch. Right. It's embarrassing. It's I mean, I was saying this earlier uh talking to some other people but i was like man it'd be almost be cooler if they just did like like if they're not going to tackle just lean all the way into it and do a flag football game right and i and then when you and i started talking about it before we were on the show you brought up the possibility of doing a draft and so the proposal that we're trying to make here is that the quarterbacks that are selected they draft their team and you have to have this many people from the offensive side, this many people from the defensive side, and then you guys can do whatever you want with your team. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like the like the offense and defensive players play both sides of the ball, kind of like how NFL Street was mm-hmm. on that video game. Yeah. Like that would be so much more entertaining. Yeah, that'd be to a me. lot more entertaining. Watching like like Patrick Mahomes d up and try and intercept a ball like yeah. and everyone and that i think the players would have more fun doing that because it'd be like schoolyard right kind of game of you know backyard feel yeah for yeah sure. exactly and it's like like with stefan diggs and trevon diggs the the brothers they were in there and they were like uh they did a little skills contest thing against each other and whatnot and i would ju- i just imagine like us playing like mm-hmm. me you darren and and gusta and and everybody we and anthony and everyone grew up with you know uh, we used to play backyard football, and we did, you know, you have to play both sides of the ball when there's right, just, like, right. eight of you. Yeah. So. Make it work. <laughs> that was the that's the fun that I, you know, remember as a childhood, and I can only imagine that these guys playing this game probably had similar experiences if they have, you know, a passion for it the way that yeah. uh, the way that we did as kids. Yeah, so. that, that would be a fun concept because, like, I mean, when the NBA started the draft for their all-star game, I think it was cool. I yeah. Think, I think it's cool, and I think – Less players get snubbed because of, you know, which I guess it would be a little bit, it's, it's structured differently in the NFL, but I think the draft is really cool because it just, it brings a level of fun and just, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, and you, yeah. No, I I totally agree. I think the, the draft gets like people involved and it's like, okay, so it's not just going to be East and West. It's going to be like this premier player and this yeah. premier player and it is backyard yeah in that respect like you might get to see what happens when you know patrick mahomes and Devonte adams are on a team right you know exactly or you might get to see what it looks like for uh you know i don't know derrick henry to throw a ball you know what i'm saying right okay and, well, and we've well, seen well, that in the playoffs that. but yeah, now yeah, we right. get to he like got that too, now he gets to like do it yeah, under center throw, you know yeah <laughs> So I think that would be really cool. Right. And I'd love to see like a big man touchdown, like Yeah, big lineman. Yeah, like all just the way downfield. Whoever who whoever's <laughs> back there just like chuck the ball. <laughs> I don't know, like something about linemen whenever they, they do stuff on the field, it hypes me up. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you you root for the guys, man. Absolutely. So Pro Bowl, it needs a facelift. We know that. Hopefully the NFL knows that. Raj, if you're listening, man. Get it popping. Figure it out, this bro. Ain't, this ain't it. Yeah, that ain't why you're getting paid like sixty four mil. This ain't it, right? And you gotta fi- you gotta fix it. Raj. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the coaching carousel is in full effect. We've seen a bunch of jobs get picked up. There's only two left. 
uh, Mike McDaniel just got hired from the 49ers staff as the he was the offensive coordinator over there. Now he's the head coach for the Dolphins. Brian Dable has been hired with the Giants. Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. Eberflus is with the Bears. Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Packers, is now with the Broncos. Josh McDaniels actually took the job for the Raiders. He was the Patriots' offensive coordinator. And Doug Peterson is back from a year off, and he has taken the Jaguars' job. So that just leaves the Texans, which they just announced that, I think his name's Brian Gannon, or Brandon Gannon, something like that. He's the Eagles' defensive coordinator. They just said that he would not be getting the job. So that pretty much leaves Brian Flores and uh, Josh McCown, who was one of their quarterbacks coats, or maybe he was their offensive coordinator this past year, uh, as the top two candidates for the Texans job. And then you look at the Saints, and it's basically Dennis Allen, who was the assistant head coach when Sean Payton stepped away, and Eric Bieniemy are the two uh, candidates for that job. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know with Brian Flores and his recent suit against the NFL, it raised a lot of questions about the Rooney rule and the uh, the equality in the hiring process. You know, whether or not there is any kind of bias in play. <clears throat> I know there's, so essentially right now with all the recent hirings, two, two jobs open. There's only two minority coaches in the entire NFL, which actually I take that back. Three, Mike McDaniels is, uh, he's mixed, I guess is the, the, the term. I, I don't know. It just said he has multiple ethnic or he's multiracial or something like that. So they didn't really specify Not that it's important. So there's three coaches that are seen as minorities, uh, currently in the NFL. And, you know, there, there's a strong possibility that they could be the only three. Now, that's just under 10% of the entire league. Um, and I think it's like 80% of the players are minorities or even the larger part are African-American. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, um, you know, I think the NFL, they put, they have the right intentions with it, mm -hmm. but they're just putting the wrong incentives on it and maybe they're you know because it's forcing these teams to to pull loopholes because they know who they want to hire right mm -hmm. and so now they have to bring in a minority coach to interview just to satisfy the requirement for the rooney rule mm -hmm. and while i think the intentions were good with putting that rule together it's also left a lot of people feeling like they never truly had an opportunity right it's so like, it's like it's like a tease almost. Exactly, exactly. So the Brian Flores situation, just to put it put it out out there, so we can talk about it. Brian Flores received a text from Bill Belichick, coach of the Patriots, and it said something along the like, "Congratulations on the Giants' job." Well, Brian Flores had not yet interviewed for that job. It was scheduled for a few days after. Mm -hmm. Belichick came out and said that he made a mistake because they had already decided they were going to hire Brian Dable, who is a white coach. Mm -hmm. um, so they had to bring in Brian Flores to satisfy that requirement. Mm -hmm. And 
basically now Brian Flores feels like he never had an opportunity for that job. Mm-hmm. And it was they were bringing him in under false pretenses, which is, you know, understandable why you would have a grievance like that. So that's crazy. Because that's not equal opportunity. Right, it's not. It's not. But that's just crazy to me that this all came from a Bill Belichick uh, text. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's odd, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's not the, you know, the end of the suit. He's also suing the Broncos for their interview practices, said that they were being unprofessional or, you know, just different. He felt like he never had an opportunity because of how they were acting. Right. And... The Dolphins, he feels he was... The Dolphins is the most concerning to me mm-hmm. because of the things that they uh, they explain in his suit is basically he did not want to comply with tampering. He did not comply with um, basically paying to lose. They were trying to incentivize him losing mm-hmm. so they could get better draft picks. Mm-hmm. And so that goes against the... Um, like the wild. sportsmanship and con- like the continuity of the game that affects right, the con- yeah, the, yeah, the integrity exactly. of the game. Right. So he did not That's go big. along with That's these big. ideas, even though they were trying to compensate him for them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they pushed a narrative that said he was difficult to work with and fired him. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you're dealing with giant businesses. I mean, they're billionaires. Yeah, you're dealing with giant business billionaires. You know that are, you know they, they 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 operate differently than than how you how you want people to operate, man. They right. they they live in a different world than us, and they live in a world where they have a lot more control over things. Than yeah, anyone else does. You think the head coach has a lot of control, but he's nothing compared to that owner. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And. What they 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 pretty much have you know absolute you know rule over their team you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying and if they however they see the world or however they you know perceive things is what goes and you know there's not really much that can really stop that yeah and I mean there's a lot of you can get really deep into this situation right, right here you know what I'm saying and there's no like one big solution it's a lot of different little things but at the end of the day, you know, it, it does it does seem wrong because it seemed like Brian Flores did a good job with the uh, Miami Dolphins and what he had. You I know, was shocked. What, what what he had, and they almost made the playoffs. And yeah. With, with, with what he was given, I feel like he did good. I think he definitely exceeded expectations right, with right, what he had. Right, and that's the thing. A lot of, a lot of black coaches get shitty jobs. Um in the NFL, you know what I'm it's, saying? I mean, look at David Coley. Yeah, what we just saw in Houston, he got yeah. hired for one year and what are you and then to they do fired him. Yeah. I mean, what are you, what are you your star do QB that? doesn't play the whole year and you're expected you're, to bring you know in. And it, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, you know, I was talking to one of my friends. I was talking about how, like, you know, I'll, it, it's going back to Brady a little bit, but I was like, hey, man, go, go play for the Lions and then I'll be impressed. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> go play for the Lions. Then we can talk. But it's the same thing with that. Like, go coach the Texans, and then we can talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of these coaches get put into pretty good situations that just need, like, one piece. Or, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or they're the perfect person for that team. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But, you know, a lot of black coaches, you know, and it just is what it is. And that's just the truth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they get they get shitty jobs. And 
to be fair, you know, a lot of new coaches get shitty jobs too, but it's true. But just overwhelmingly, you know, black coaches most most of the time you can bet that they're going to get a shitty job. Yeah, know? I mean, I I don't disagree with that at all. Um you know, we've seen a lot of coaches get shitty opportunities, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially new coaches, yeah, which, you know, the the truth is a lot of black coaches when they're entering the league, it's they haven't had a coaching job before, so they kind of fall in that category. Right. And I'm kind of in a a tough spot where I'm like like obviously, you know, I believe in equality and everyone should have an equal chance mm-hmm. and and all that stuff, not just cuz I'm too am a minority, but also because of, you know, it's just that's how you should treat people, period, right, right. regardless of whatever, you know, is on what whatever they look like. So, um on the same time, on the same side of that token, I do believe in this person is the most qualified in hiring that person, which we've seen that happen. And then we've seen teams get knocked because they hired the most qualified person. Mm -hmm. But then we, then we see someone bring on somebody and you know, it's, it's a different situation because maybe they weren't the most qualified, which I mean, just the giants in general, uh, just to use them as an example, they hired Joe Judge, who I thought as the special teams or whatever, he was like the quarterback's coach of the mm-hmm. Patriots. Yeah, I thought he had no business being right. a head coach. Right. And he surpassed Eric Bieniemy, who had just come off of a Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. And then we fast forward to last offseason, the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni, who had never been an NFL head coach and really hadn't had a lot of success on the field, gets mm-hmm. hired over Eric Bieniemy, who interviewed for that team as well, who had just got done finishing two back-to-back Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. So just using that example in general tells me that, you know, there is obviously an issue with the, um, the representation mm-hmm. in the league. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we don't know the team as well as the the you know GM and all these people mm-hmm. know their team and um, it's just hard to gauge that situation any kind of malpractice when it comes to hiring is difficult to prove mm. basically right, right. but the appearance i mean the the fact is the overwhelming majority right. of the coaches is the total opposite of the overwhelming majority of the players which is you know it doesn't seem right and in, in the NFL is just historically slower with a lot of that type of stuff. They get there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of see that with the amount of, like, black quarterbacks. Like, there probably should have been a lot more black quarterbacks 10 years ago. But there wasn't, maybe because of this same issue. Well, that's a truth. That's a true statement. It's because um, talent evaluators did not – they never uh, – what, what's the word I'm looking for? They did not give them the benefit of the doubt when it came to intelligence. Mm-hmm. So they they would say, you know, they have raw talent, right? Instead of saying what they're a they? cerebral player, right, right? You know what I mean? And so they were just taken away from that just because of the color of their skin, right? And we've seen so many cerebral, you know, black quarterbacks, right? Right. Russell Wilson being the one of the most shining examples from yeah. the recent times, and then going back even further, you know, Warren Moon was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he didn't get a lot of opportunities because of that as right, well. Right. 
but they're, they're, they're the NFL slower with that type of stuff, and uh, I think you know you gotta you gotta just be optimistic that one day it'll get better, and I think it will with more generations of players. Like mm-hmm. it seems like I don't. I, I guess I you know I've only been like a really good fan of the NFL for so long, but it seems like the players, uh, just just with this being an issue in the world more so these yes. days yes. it seems like the players you know would hopefully want the as this generation of players gets older you know more of them maybe take a uh interest in becoming front office type personnel you know right. what i'm saying um and that that's that starts there too you know it, that the there has to be a one there has to be more black coaches you know i agree more players that turn into black coaches for there to be more of a more options you know what i'm saying yeah. cuz i definitely don't you know being black, I still don't. I don't think you just because I'm black that I should get you know hired. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I want to be the best, you know, and I want to be like I want to like you said, the qualification yeah. matters. It's not you know don't it's not hire them because they're black. It's yeah. don't not hire them because they're right, black. Right. That's like the point. Exactly. That pe- and I think a lot of people miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you have people. I mean. It's on it's on social media all the time because what you're just saying it's a big hot button issue mm. that's getting talked about all the time and it's like you know everyone's like well why should I do that because they are black mm. and it's like no you're missing the point it's because they are black you shouldn't you know take that yeah, away from them yeah. and, and you know at the end of the day um, I think the NFL they sent out a memo they said that they were displeased with the amount of diversity amongst head coaches in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a big topic this offseason mm-hmm. is figuring out a better way to construct yeah, the rules they'll, and, I, they'll get there, and I think. incentives. I think they'll get there. I mean, when you have, you know, seven more than half of your employees are black at any business, it will it will get to the point where things get more equal. It yeah. will. You know. So but I just hope I just hope the best for Brian Flores. I mean, I I think he's brave. Me too. I think he's brave for what he's doing because you know, in stuff like this, when you when you're dealing with a giant monster like an NFL, it can easily swallow you. you know? Oh yeah, it can easily stomp you out if it wants to. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that's just the reality of the situation. So what he did is very brave. I mean, you know, I definitely clap for him, and I hope everything goes well for him. But uh, you know, yeah, there needs to be changes for sure. Absolutely. Most definitely. So, uh, with that being said, let's jump into the NFC Conference Championship game and kind of recap that before we go into my own personal hell and talk about the AFC Championship (laughs) game Uh, and the Chiefs talk. So, uh, NFC Championship game happened last Sunday, a week ago today. Uh, They were the night games. This happened after the Chiefs and Bengals game. The Niners were up 10 nothing, Or, yeah, and they were just giving it to the Rams. Well, the Rams turned it on in the second half and ended up coming all the way back and winning 20-17. to Jimmy Garoppolo had the ball last and threw a game-sealing interception to Darius Williams, I believe. That pretty much locked it in. Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, Jalen Ramsey, they're uh, amongst many other players well-deserving players on mm-hmm. that team are making their first appearance 
in a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy because we see Jalen Ramsey as like the premier corner, Mm -hmm. you know, and and Matthew Stafford was on a terrible team for so long. Mm -hmm. And Odell Beckham, he has all this controversy Mm -hmm. around him off the field. And is he good? Is it an issue with the Browns? Is it this and that? Well, then he comes over to the Rams and ends up showing everybody, I "I still got it. I think he's good. Yeah, he said, I still got it. I think Baker Mayfield. No, no. But, and I think everyone knows that. Yeah. Not and you know, Baker Mayfield is he's a little overhyped, but at the same time he played really hurt this year. I mean, the guy's body was like held together with gorilla glue. You know, <laughs> like it was not it was not a good look for him this year. But at the end of the day, like Odo Beckham had it. You know, that's the bottom line. So, you know, with that being said, The Rams are going to make it to the Super Bowl to take on the Bengals, which we'll talk about how they got there in a minute. Cooper Cup, man. That dude's a beast. Crazy season. That dude is a beast. I would love to give him the MVP for the year. Let's give it to a wide receiver, man. The the person throwing the ball gets all the credit. Where's the love for the people catching the ball? Well, you're a guy. Okay. Just imagine this, like you're a guy in a stacked class at your position, mm-hmm. and you come out first in every single. I, I would say it would it, it. There's more like talent per like per position. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say this, but there's more talent in the wide receivers than there is. There's more talent competition amongst the wide receivers than there is the quarterbacks. Right. Like it's kind of the- like. For quarterbacks, it's just like it's like half and half. Like you're elite or you're not. You right. Know what I'm saying the the you like Cooper Cup has to go up against dudes like you know Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Freaking. There's which, more competition in yeah, the wide there's, receiver there's pool. Yeah, there's all ki- there's all kinds of wide receivers out there going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Doing mm-hmm. crazy stuff. And this dude came out first in all the top categories. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. And you don't hear the dude's name that much, really. He ain't out here making one-handed snags and no, he he does it like he is. They don't show it. He does the dirty work, man. You know what I mean? Like he earns his keep, and I love his story. They just recently, like, whenever a player does well, everyone wants to dig deep on him and Mm -hmm. give their like expose on like how they got there and everything. Cooper Cup has a good story, man. He played for like a mid-major D two something like that. His now wife basically supported him through college and helped him pursue this NFL dream and over the last you know 5 years basically he has been drafted by the Rams made it through you know several challenges because the Rams always had stacked talent in their wide receiver room right. whether it was Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, I mean they've had Deshaun Jackson, they've had a number of names go through that that room over there that they have and you know he's been able to stay on the roster the whole mm-hmm. time and just continue to enhance his skills. Um, he's incredible. He's a really good player. And he earned himself an extension um, last offseason, I believe. They gave him an extension, and it was well-deserved, obviously, because now he's he won the triple crown for wide receivers. Right. Yeah, he uh, he definitely gives me, like, you know, just good-ass football player vibes, like, you know, like just Larry mad athletic vibes and, like, you know, just solid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So solid. Absolutely. So with, you know, the Niners losing, this is possibly, it's almost a guarantee that it's going to be Jimmy G's last year 
with the Niners. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of indication on where you think he might go? Uh, a lot of teams could use him, but he's that guy that just isn't. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He's not he's, the guy. He's just. Uh, he wins games. You know what I'm saying? He be getting to the, you know, the, the championships, the NFC championships, and you know he got to the uh, Super Bowl, but he just it seems like he just has that like. Just like in the Super Bowl, he just overthrew, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then threw the pick. You know what I'm saying? He's just not. So, I mean, a lot of teams could use him. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. I could see him doing something like, you know, I could see him going to like a. And 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 is he getting traded? You think? Or well, he... he still technically has a year on his contract. Not much of that money is guaranteed. So the Niners can either look for a trade partner. And try and get some compensation, which I don't think they're going to get a ton for him because mm-hmm. of how big the number is on his contract. Or they can cut him and he can get signed somewhere. So that's pretty much the two routes that I would expect to see happen. He could get, he could very well get traded to a team that has a lot of cap space that needs like a a gap, a stopgap kind of quarterback mm-hmm. like the Texans. Right. Uh, he has ties with their GM. Over there, both, you know, coming from the Patriots organization. So that's definitely a possibility. Um, Now, if he were to get cut and signed somewhere, I could see, you know, the Buccaneers being an option. Yeah. The Saints could be an option. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see them two teams for sure. And depending on what happens with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, if he ends up leaving, uh, Jimmy G could go up there too. You know, so there's some options on on what he's going to do. Yeah, he'll, he'll have work, you know what I'm saying? He'll oh, work. 100%. Now, what I'm worried about is the Niners, they cut ties with Jimmy G. Is Trey Lance ready? I don't know that he is. We'll see. He, uh, I mean, he just seems raw to me still. Like, he needs to be refined a little bit more. Yeah. Not, I mean, obviously, he's an athletic dude. He, he was really good on the ground this year. Um, but the passing game just... I mean, there's. It left me with feeling like there's a little bit more that well, he could he could have done. I think I think they'll be good just because of what they did with Jimmy G. I think Trey Lance will grow to be a better quarterback than mm-hmm. Jimmy G. Maybe not right off the bat, right? But down to you know two three years of you know being with Kyle Shanahan and mm-hmm. just being in that offense, you don't have to be a great quarterback for that offense, right? You don't have to be a elite quarterback for that offense. You know what I'm saying? You you. You just gotta be a play your part type guy and don't mess up when it matters type guy. Right. So if Trey be if Trey Lance can have that about him, which is not even like really a skill, it's just like almost if you have that or you don't. If he can have that, you know, get it done factor, then I think I think they'll be just fine, honestly. Cause yeah. they I don't I don't think they need a world breaker quarterback on their team, you know. They yeah. they just need a, a good solid guy and I think Trey Lance could be that, and he could add a little bit more of like a spark to their offense and a little bit more excitement, you know. Absolutely. I think if anyone can pull it out of him, I mean, you said it best, Kyle Shanahan is the guy calling the shots over right, there. He's right. a great coach. Different coach, nah, they'd be they'd be screwed. Right. But with you know, with a coach like that, you know, that's a that's a good guy to get started under. Absolutely. And it's not like Trey Lance isn't he doesn't have support around him, you know what I mean? Not just from the coaching standpoint, but from the other players that are in that locker room. He's got George Kittle, quite possibly a top two, top three tight end in the league. And then you're looking at Debo Samuel, who <laughs> killed it this year. Any running back can be successful in that system. Yeah, good running game. 
Yeah. And you know the defense is on po- on point all right, the time. Right. Nick Bosa's over there. You got yeah. Fred Warner. Those pro- probably are the two best at those respective positions in in the league. Not yeah. to mention, you they're, know, they're just a playmaking quarterback away from like really being good. Good. Yeah. You know? And if Trey Lance can develop, I think you know they have a good opportunity. I'm just. I need to see more I, of that. And I think it takes time. Yeah. I think it takes time. He, I don't think he's going to pop out. The biggest thing, too, with you know young quarterbacks is you don't want to kill their confidence. Right. And we've seen it happen so many times where these young quarterbacks get thrust into the spotlight mm-hmm. to lead a team. They don't do well, and then they just get tossed aside instead right. of having an opportunity to develop. Right. Yeah, just imagine, man, jumping out like 21, 22, you know what I'm saying? You got to lead a whole team of men. Yeah. Know? And you got a whole city hounding you. Yeah, a whole city on you, whole fucking media team on your ass. Everyone knows who you are Everyone and everywhere you. you go. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's that's a immense amount of pressure and you know. Yeah. That's that's really that's that's why you see a lot of them turn around, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a huge turnaround rate with the quarterbacks. They can do great in college. They come here in the league and it's a different game, you know. Totally. So many more dynamics to it. So, absolutely, man. We'll see what happens with those guys. That's all we got for the pregame stretches. Let's move our way into some Chiefs talk and hash out this AFC Championship game. This is brought to you by E Coffee, as always. Casey Local Company. You can check out their website www.eeroastcoffee.com. You can also look at them. On Instagram, kind of see some of the content they're putting out at EE Roast Coffee. Our good friend Corey Sanders at CS Designs, he does a lot of their graphics work as well. So you know they've got some high-quality stuff going on. You know they care about what they're doing because of the people they work with. And not only that, they source their beans from all over the world. Colombia, you've got Ethiopia, stuff coming from the Congo. It's, it's pretty incredible the way that they're able to... Uh, bring those beans here to Kansas City and roast them to perfection and make just the perfect cup of coffee for you in the morning. So, again, check them out, www.eeroastcoffee.com. Order some coffee and support a local company. Recapping that AFC Championship game. Oh, this is a doozy. So, I was actually at the game, and... I mean, we went in there, and it was just like boom, boom, boom. Three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, <clears throat> we made it look easy. We were making it look easy. The defense was playing on point. They had Joe Burrow confused. The crowd was bumping. The noise was right in there. And it just seemed like, damn, we're going to run away with this one. Right. And then we get to the goal line situation. And... Um, I don't fault them for going for it, okay? And I've, I'll, I'll stand by them on that. I think, you know, they saw an opportunity to really put it on them before the half, uh, take, take an even further mental edge on this team. I did not love the play call, obviously. I think there's a lot more that you can do from that point in the field. I think... Time and time again, we get stopped in that portion of the red zone mm-hmm. because we don't have enough room to develop our routes mm-hmm. because everything we run is so damn complex. And if we're not running a route like that, we're doing a shovel pass up the middle or we're throwing it to somebody and in the flat. They're starting to catch on to that. And everyone's catching on to it, exactly. Yeah. So that ends up happening. We go into halftime, 
that idiot that sings that Applebee's song oh, was playing hurt. the halftime. That hurt. And then all hell broke loose as you, Joe you, Burrow and the Bengals came back. You know, I was watching it on the TV, and during halftime, you literally could not even fucking hear them talk. Yeah. Like, during halftime, but all you heard is <laughs> Applebee's, and it just made me, it just <laughs> I pissed me off because I was already pissed we didn't make it in the fucking end zone at the end of the half. So then we got. Now we got Applebee's guy talking about Applebee's, bro. <laughs> the fuck, man? Come I on. Was so I was Y'all so mad. Y'all should have at least. This is the only time I'm going to ever say this. And I mean, I ain't, you know, I ain't trying to be a hater. Y'all should have had Tech Nine there. Not, not at know, the Steelers not game. Not at the Steelers game. Don't ever bring the Applebee's guy back. No, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. It should have never happened. That was. I was like, why are we happened. killing the vibe here? Like, we had Tech Nine and Nelly. The last two games, and this dude gets brought in. What? Come on, man! It ain't, and I don't like. Obviously, I'm not a country music guy, so I don't like care for that music. But at the same time, that song's just a dumbass song. I didn't even know it was country, bro. That's. I don't even think they they claim that song. I don't don't think they would claim it. I think it's more like that new country. You know, like I don't don't even know what the genre is. But (laughs) anyway, that happens. The Bengals come back. We take it to overtime. We all know what happens at that point. Mahomes throws the pick. Scripted two plays to Demarcus Robinson to start overtime. I mean... Peculiar. Whether or not those were intended passes to him or whether it was just like the final read. Right. The point is, Mahomes should have like... This should be his progression. Every play. Kelsey, Hill, or vice versa... Byron Pringle, throw it to your running back in the flat, scramble, Noah Gray, Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> like, that should be the... Lineman. Yeah. Allegretti, <laughs> who lined up as a receiver, <laughs> yeah. or Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. So, I mean, just, man, that was so frustrating and to honestly, see. Honestly, maybe even Kelsey one more time before. Yeah, days. like, just check back. Yeah, one more time. Just see, just see one more time. One more time. And, oh, man, it was just so tough to watch that. Very tough, man. It felt so. And, like, when we won the coin toss, I, I like, we started jumping and shit because I was like, yes, coin toss. You know, everyone's mad about the coin toss because, yeah, because we're about to go win it again. You know what I'm saying? Well, now they can shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, they, I don't hear it anymore. I, no one cares about the coin toss all of a sudden. I don't hear it anymore. Everyone's cool, everyone's cool with the coin toss now. That's crazy. You know? Everyone's cool it's crazy with the how coin it works. toss. It's crazy how it works, man. One week they want it, the next they don't. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, was, just... it was tough to watch, man. Let me tell you how my game day went, dude. Like, I, I had to work. So I work outside in, like, neighborhoods. And, like, I'm in a nice neighborhood, like, for the beginning of the game, like, the fir- pretty much almost the first whole first half. Mm. And all I'm hearing is people cheering in their garages. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm getting anxious. I got to get back to the game. I'm looking at my phone, checking it on my phone and stuff. And, uh, you know, I finally get to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm getting back. It's 21. I, th- I believe the score is 21 to 3 at this point. Yep. And I'm like, all right, bet. We just rolling. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm racing back home. I get back home, and we're at – we're literally within the four plays of um, the last plays of the half, of the first mm-hmm. half. And I see us going for it. Well, I, I'm not like you. I didn't agree with it even off the bat. I was just like, bro, we're killing them. Like, Kick go up 14 goal. on them. 
or, yeah. or my bad, go up. Uh, what would it would have been? Uh, it would have been twenty one. Uh, yeah, go up twenty one on them. Yeah, and um, you know that was my whole stance the whole time, honestly. And like, yeah, like the first time, like at the end, you gotta like you can't run that last play. The first couple times, I get it, trying to get in there, being aggressive. But with that five seconds left, you gotta stop that. You gotta kick that, dude. You right. have to kick that, or at least like it's twenty one points. I get. I I would have understood it a little bit more if they were closer to us and scored. Honestly. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. It's like, do we kick the field goal and keep it a three possession game because it was already three possessions at eighteen points, or mm-hmm. do we score a touchdown and make it a four possession game? Yeah, and I, I was I was and the the other thing the other reason why I think we should have kicked the field goal too is knowing we get the ball back at half. We we got the ball back to begin the second half, right. so it just would have made so much more sense to me to kick a field goal over going for it. But I know we're aggressive, and that's why we love the Chiefs too. So I'm not I'm not gonna fault them for it, but I definitely was heavy on the field goal for that one because it's the playoffs. It's not like the third game in the year. You gotta go for the points. You kind of there's a level of playing it safe where you gotta take, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, ultimately, that's how it went, man. And I didn't get to see a score any touchdowns. I fucking only got to see us kick a, kick a field goal and yep. and fucking win a coin toss. That was my excitement for the game. So, <laughs> oh, man. So it was nice. After working all After day. After working and hearing everyone go, 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 go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. We're doing it. Motherfuckers <laughs> cheering three blocks away, bro. I'm fucking man. in a hole. Well. <laughs> I'm in a ditch. I'm in the ditch. <laughs> I'm in a ditch, bro. Three blocks away. <laughs> in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> that's so tough uh, you know well it was like oh man it was just so poetic for it to end that way i feel like because of the way the chief season went mm-hmm. it was like you know we were in all of our games we we're we'd look sharp in one portion of it and we'd look the worst you'd ever seen in the other portion right it, it, and that and that's like that's weird because that's like such the story of the chiefs kind of is like halves yeah it's like they they're so they're so especially half you know what i'm saying it's like they either do this good right great who they can be you know half or they come and be who we all know they're not but they honestly have started to like it's like they're jackal and hiding you know what i'm saying yeah they're like so it's either gonna be this or that or you might get a half of a game of this and a half of a game of right you know and it's like we got to get more consistent and be who together. we could be, you know? Yeah, we know. And that's the thing is, like, when they play their top-tier football, there's no team in the NFL that can beat them. Nah, there's no, there's almost no team in, like, history, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, when they really are firing on all cylinders. When they play the way that we've seen them play, when they play the way that they played in that first half of the game, no team in the NFL could beat them. Right. And you see why. Right. The Bengals are one of the hottest teams in the league, we held them to three points in the first half. Mm-hmm. Made Joe Burrow look confused. Yeah, a shell of himself. And we did not give up any plays to their biggest playmakers, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. Yeah, we were doing good. And it's like, the thing about the Chiefs that I noticed, and maybe, I don't know, you you probably know more about this than me, but the thing that I noticed is like, we, we are not good at like making, it seems like we don't make adjustments. It seems like we have our way of, how we want to do it that game. Mm-hmm. And whether they make an adjustment or not, we just do what we were going to do no matter what. Which, and sometimes can be good, but I feel like there's times when you got to you gotta change something up. Yeah, when someone's doing something. Or <clears throat> I, I think I think we need to be better at like nipping stuff in the bud because we'll let stuff just... 
snowball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have noticed that before, and I think the big thing that I did not like about that game was us not running the ball in the second half. Yeah. Because we were gashing them. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon was getting like six yards a carry. CEH was getting like five or four yards a carry. And we just totally would abandon it, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, three and out, see you later. Yeah. And then we'd run, get a first down, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, see you right. later. And it's almost it like, like, yeah. What are we doing? It's like we were playing like we almost knew we were going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, who cares? You know what I'm saying? We're up. You that know? was another thing. I thought we were looking ahead. Yeah, we were. We definitely were. I mean, I was. Shit. I, you, I was calling you asking what you're doing for the Super Bowl and shit. I look like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you said it too you're like if we win i'm like yeah you're right i am kind of just like we're winning this yeah and that's I, probably how well, they felt i'm like very superstitious yeah i know i know you know what yeah. i mean so like we actually went to the game and i'll i'll leave the names out of who did this but it like it just irked my superstitious side mm. basically we have like a facebook group for our tailgates and somebody posting there was like yeah, we're gonna bring some champagne and some confetti poppers and everything. Like, I know that obviously has no impact on the game. Right. But, but I'm like, why are we doing that? You gotta be. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, it's not over. It's like hasn't even started. Nah, yeah, I had to check myself because I was like, man, I can't just be thinking that. But you know, it's just the expectation the Chiefs have. And right. One thing I want to say too is, uh, you know. Joe Burrow's good, and I give him his credit. And I, I I like him, and I like him less now that he that that happened. But I liked him in the season. You know, <laughs> I like a good young team, and yeah. I tore my ACL, so I relate to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you know that recovery. Watching, yeah, watching him do good makes me happy. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's cool. But he, he, you know, everyone wants to crown him, and I'm just kind of like, what did he really do in that game? Was it was it him or was it their defense in the second half? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was it him or was it more of us breaking down? You know what I mean? Well, here's the crazy part about Joe Burrow is, you know, he had all this praise at LSU. He has all this praise now that he's in Cincinnati. The guy is just loaded with talent around him. Right. If you at look all at times. that if you look at that LSU team. It's Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the running back. Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Terrence Marshall, who are all NFL receivers right now. And that's just on the offense. Right. <laughs> on the defensive side, you had guys like uh, you know uh, Jabril Cox, who is not the best NFL player, but you have a lot of other guys on that LSU team, like Caleb Von Chasen is really is a good defensive player. Mm -hmm. So it's like you know, just kind of crazy that uh, Grant Delpit, another really good defensive back. So, you know, he gets all this praise as being the guy, but there were so many pieces around him, and he got a lot of those pieces back. Like, there's an offensive lineman on the, the Bengals that he was teammates with, and Jamar Chase, who he's an instant connection with. Yeah, you can't, you can't, um, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, you can't, you can't diminish the uh, chemistry. You know right. What I'm that that's that, an that intangible. goes a long way. Yeah. That's something the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill and Mahomes had to build. You know what I'm saying? They come in with it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that that college chemistry is something else. You know? So right. It's like you know he's got that, and it's like I don't know. He's good, but I don't I don't want to give him that much credit. Everyone's crowning him like you know we get it. You, you know you got the real diamonds. You know what I'm saying? Good right. Shit. Yeah. Good for you. You know what I'm saying? You know. Uh, but it's just like any and, and it's just like everybody wants to. It's just funny how how 
when it comes to somebody, people treat it this way, but when it comes to another person, people treat it that way. And it's just like, what is the thing that What's makes the you difference? <laughs> go, do that? You know what right. I'm saying? But it's just the nature, I guess. Nature of the game. You have a villain and a hero, you know. Yep. And, and we're the villains yeah, now. Yeah, you got to be the villain. And it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's good to be the villain. You want to be. You want to be the villain. That means you're... That means you're winning. They're coming people after you. People get jealous of your success. You're doing what you want, and people are coming after you. <laughs> you're not trying to look for nobody. Well, now that you know Brady and Ben have retired, Mahomes is like one of the more senior quarterbacks oh, of yeah, this it's class. Almost like he's a vet at this point. Yeah, I mean it's he like, is. He's it's a, like he's a veteran. It's like well, he'll be this will be his fifth season as yeah. a starter coming and up next year. The most games since what? Something he's played the most games since like 2017. Since 2018, no no team has played more games than Kansas yeah, City Chiefs. He's a vet, you know. So yeah, you still got your, you know, you got your. I feel like the air, that era's out now. Tom Brady and Ben they closed that era off. And mm-hmm. Now you got your like mid guys like um, uh, Russell Wilson's. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. um, who else would be in that class with him? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Still, I mean, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is like it's like Rodgers, Wilson. And then everyone else kind of starts falling. Jimmy G, and then you got Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and right. Deshaun Watson that are and Jer- and Josh Allen that are all up. kind of in the yeah. same, <clears throat> excuse me, same class. And you know it's it's crazy that the changing of the guard just kind of like happened so fast. Because like when Mahomes came in the league, we still had Philip Rivers, Ben right. Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. I mean, like all these guys. Eli Manning was on his way out, but. Still, still, there was like still there. Tom Brady. We had all these guys who we grew up Drew watching. Brees. Drew Brees, yeah. exactly. And then, you know, we blink our eyes, and now we're four it's years flipped. down the road, and it's, it's yep, it's gone. They're it's gone. The new guys. Now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad because it's a lot of talent, man. It's a little. It's good. It looks good. It's gonna be interesting. You I know, it kind of looks to me like, um, you know, I mean, the AFC is stacked, of course, but it looks like uh, they the the. Um, you know, a lot. I feel like it was in the AFC. It was Brady and Manning, you know, or whoever the other guy was. It was Brady and whoever the other guy is. Right. And then, but the NFC was like kind of all over the place. You know what I'm saying? But I think the NFC. Who Who's the best quarterback in the NFC? Like young quarterback. I mean, probably Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Yeah, and he's, you know, I don't know. He's not. I don't. Th- I wouldn't put him on the same level as like, you know. Obviously not Mahomes, but I wouldn't even put him on the same level. I mean, I guess he's probably right there with like Justin Herbert. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, good guys that haven't really done anything. <clears throat> they made the playoffs at least this year. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Herbert true. hasn't done that. True, but. true, true. But yeah, I think everyone's trying to crown Herbert way too fast. Oh yeah, I, any they, they, this is what they're doing. They want to crown anyone who seems like a threat to Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're doing. Anyone who's a threat to Mahomes is the new guy. I promise you. Right. Anyone, well, they it was they, Josh Allen. It was Burrow. It's there's Herbert, literally a it's, chronological it, thing here. It's like Watson. It was Watson it at was first. Watson, it was Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson and then yep. it was Josh Allen, and yep. now it's Joe Burrow, and then it was Burrow. Justin Herbert. Yeah, now Justin it's Herbert Joe, now little, it's Joe Burrow. Whenever he beat us, you yeah, know, off of a penalty at the you know, yeah, barely, and then yeah, <laughs> and then a. Totally agree, just no call. Yeah, so now he's game. now he's better than Mahomes. Oh, come on. <laughs> Do we go into his house and kick his ass? Yeah, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, gotta so, stop with it. you know, with, with all the issues that Chiefs face, a lot of adversity this year, it seemed like everything kind of came to a head in that game 
where all of those issues, the not adjusting, the abandoning of the run game, the the the, the poor defensive play on the in the secondary, mm-hmm. like it all came to a head in that game. <clears throat> I feel like I truly feel like we lost to a, a very much inferior team. Most definitely inferior talent, inferior coaches, inferior organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, just all around, it was like, and we had the deck stacked in our favor. Yeah. With all those elements coming into play, I mean, you look at all the playoff history and, like, pain that the Chiefs have felt, and I'm, like, closing my eyes because it just hurts yeah. to talk about. <laughs> like, you know, whether we were blowing leads against the Colts, whether it was Mariota catching his own touchdown, whether we lose to the Steelers and they don't score a touchdown the whole game, they beat us on six field goals or you know, losing a game where nobody punted a ball at all uh, against the Colts or even going back to the Lynn Elliott playoff loss where he missed that field goal. I mean, there's just so much, um, so many tough losses in our franchise's history. And, you know, this is one of the worst ones that I've experienced for sure just because of all the elements that were involved. We blew a big lead. We lost to a team that we had lost to earlier. They were seen as an inferior opponent. It was in Arrowhead. It was in an AFC championship game that we pretty much had our tickets booked to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have been our third consecutive and appearance, it, which would have tied for second all time. And it would have been a you know <clears throat> cherry on top of a very... Difficult year. Very, yeah, a very turbulent year. Right. It, which it's it's it, crazy. Honestly, we're lucky. That. Yeah, and that's that's what I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> like if you think about it, like we really shouldn't even have been there. You know what I mean? With the way we started off in the beginning, it didn't look like we were gonna be hosting the AFC Championship. Well, exactly. And what I'm what I was trying to say too is like, for us to be complaining about a turbulent year in which we won twelve games, right? Went to the playoffs yeah. and hosted the AFC yeah. Championship it's game. Relative. I mean, you know, that's it's just relative. our perspective. But it's where we live now. It's like right. when you get a lot of money, you start complaining it's about big money bullshit. problems. You know, it's big money. Yeah. It's like, man, my garage door right, door right, work. Yeah, <laughs> you know? the fucking they didn't bring you the right fucking amount of fucking ice in your lemonade. So yeah, <laughs> it's a problem. It's shit like that. But that's that's what it is, you know. So at the end of the day, we gotta be happy as Chiefs fans and just you know just being part of the city and just you know watching them win as much as they are now. Yeah, it's it's and, and just have, having one of the greatest teams in history. And we're not done. Saying? And it is yeah historically great team yeah. because yeah. no other team has hosted that championship game. Yeah, historically that many great times. players, historically great team. We're getting to see all this, you know, just front row, you know. So it's great. Yeah, but it, it's just like the expectation we have now is Super Bowl, and it is what it is. That's the bottom line. That should be. Yeah, it should still be. You know, with our caliber of players and coaching staff, it's, and it's not unfair to expect that out of that team. No, no, it's not. And um, you know, while we do hold Mahomes to some lofty expectations, it's because he has performed at that level before. Yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> it's, it's your fault, <laughs> it's my your boy, fault, man. Hey, you, you know, you want to be great, fault, bro. You want to crown? Hey, the crown's heavy. This is the interview you signed up for. <laughs> you got to answer these questions. So you know, season's over. Now it's full on off season mode, and we have a lot of things that we need to do. Um, you know, it's pretty much gotten to a point where <clears throat> it's looking like we probably will have our defensive coordinator back, Spagnola. I know we hired a new defensive line coach that everyone was really excited about. 
He has some history uh, with some really good defensive units, so that's that's a good deal. On the offensive side, we lost Mike Kafka, who I was really hoping would eventually replace Eric Bieniemy. So if Eric Bieniemy gets this job in New Orleans, there's a really good chance that which he's from New Orleans actually or Louisiana. Um, so it'd be nice for him to go coach the the hometown, but it would put us in a pretty difficult place for offensive coaches because uh, we'd have to reply or, or replace the two highest positions, basically, right. which is quarterback, coach, and and offensive coordinator. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks with enemy's situation and who we'd bring in to hire. I think Matt Nagy is is an obvious choice for offensive coordinator because he did have the job before he took the Bears job, and he worked with Mahomes that first year uh, that he was in the league in 2017. So, you know, that's a really good fit, in my opinion. Um, But there's also a few other guys that could be out there, like Anthony Lynn, who was the coach of the uh, Chargers for a long time, and he was the offensive coordinator for the Lions this past year um, he could be a good fit and there's a lot of other coaches that can be considered so to move from the coaching standpoint we're really looking at who we're going to have on the roster next year and there's a lot of big decisions that are coming up Tyron Matthews a free agent Orlando Brown Jr. who we traded a first round pick for is technically a free agent and then we also have key contributors that we acquired this year, Jarek McKinnon and Melvin Ingram, amongst a lot of other players. Uh, Charvarius Ward is one of those players. Um, Some other guys that I'd be totally fine with us letting walk Mm -hmm. are in that list as well. But uh, those are the big ones that, you know, we need to make decisions on. Yeah, I think if we keep, you know, at the end of the day, we keep our main, main guys, you know, I think we'll be all right. But I definitely want to see Jarek McKinnon come back. He really, you know... Yeah. Definitely, definitely showed me that I like him as RB1, to be honest, uh, just from what he showed this year. Um, and then uh, got to have Tyron Matthew back. I mean, that like, man, that would be really sad to see him go. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I seen him post like a tweet, too. It looked like he was going. And I was like, oh, shit. But I don't know if that's anything official or anything. But uh, right. Yeah, we got to get him back. You know, that's just like a, you know, he, I, I see him as the Mahomes on the other side of the ball, you know. Yeah, he's the quarterback of the defense. Yeah, I see him as that guy, you know what I'm saying? So to lose him would be a huge blow. Um, but th- those are the guys I want to keep. I definitely want to keep Melvin Ingram. Uh, um, yeah, he was a huge he was a huge acquisition in, in the, you know, definitely he he was a turning point of our year. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You know, so you, you would love to see a guy like that stay on the team. Uh we don't need Frank Clark, it doesn't seem like, especially with Melvin Ingram, <clears throat> you know. So Right. Uh yeah, we'll see how that goes though. Yeah, I mean just to touch on that a little bit, those are some guys that are technically under contract, Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens. Um those guys they would we would get a lot of cap money if we were to let those guys go at the right time now if we cut frank clark at the beginning of free agency i think we saved something like 12 million if we cut him after free agency so this is post june 1 it would get us about 19 million in cap savings so he can restructure and drop that cap number down to a more manageable number and we keep them 
or we end up cutting him at some point to get some of that money back. Now, Hitchens is pretty much in the same boat where if we cut him, we get like $12 million in cap savings. So if we were, I think there's a good chance he gets let go pretty early in the process uh, so that we can have that money to spend in free agency. And then there's a lot of guys that I think we're going to let walk, like mainstays that have been on our team for a long time. Daniel Sorensen, Ben Neiman, Alex Okafor, uh, Demarcus Robinson, which all of those guys, they can leave. Yeah. I'm totally content with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're just going to have to find new role players and, and guys that are going to have to get comfortable in the system, mm-hmm. in the offensive system. So it's going to be an adjustment period again because of all the roster turnover that we're about to have. And uh, just to pile on, we definitely need to extend Tyreek Hill. He's entering the last year of his contract next year. He'll be 28, so he's still got plenty of life left in the tank. You know, at least another three to four years of prime football. Mm -hmm. And then we have some other players that we can restructure to get extra money. Patrick Mahomes' contract is very team-friendly for the caliber player that he is. So, you know, that can free up upwards of $20 if we restructure it the right way. Joe Tooney and Chris Jones also have contracts that are very open to that kind of um, negotiations or movements. So I think there's a lot of chance for us to build some cap here. Um, You know, the absolute highest number that we could be working with is almost $100 million. I don't see that as very likely. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably going to be closer to the 60 to $70 million range, assuming we're able to get those restructures make those cuts that we need to make and and you know ac- accomplish those feats so which is definitely we could do something with and with those you know with the season like this and a team like this definitely i think the uh there's a big value on role players you know mm-hmm. so i think it'll be very important who we select to replace the people that are no longer on the team but uh yeah i just i i feel like yeah i feel like with with how it went this season our role players, like if we can upgrade our like one or two good role players, I think that's a that's an edge that will get us back to where we want to be. You know, absolutely, I'm with it. So free agency, we got a lot of players hitting the market. I want to just kind of highlight our biggest needs, which is going to be like wide receivers, edge rushers, <clears throat> and cornerbacks. I mean, that's the big the big needs that we have on our roster holes we need to fill. So like. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams, Cordero Patterson, Odell Beckham Jr., DJ Chark, Michael Gallup, and Christian Kirk. That is a lot of big-name wide receivers and guys who can be key contributors as a wide receiver, too. And a lot of those guys could probably be wide receiver ones. Uh, I know Devontae Adams is definitely a wide receiver one in this league. Um, Chris Godwin could be. Allen Robinson could be. There's a lot of these guys that would be fantastic in our offense. Yeah. And I would take damn near every single one of them if I could. Honestly, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Any any good, decent well, – you know we'll take any good, decent uh, wide receiver we can take because Mahomes will make them look like a killer out there. But if we could get a big-name dude, that's that's bad. Yeah. That's very bad. I feel like that's one of the things we were kind of missing anyways was that, like, Sammy Watkins presence. And if we could get, like, a better Sammy Watkins, that's that's problems. 
No, sure. I totally agree. I mean, even though Sammy Watkins was hurt all the time, yeah. it was a clear difference in the way that we were able to run our offense right. this year compared to when he was on the team last year. And he always had he's always kind of like that playoff guy. He starts to come out in the playoffs a little bit. He'll make a big play here or there. Yeah. So, I mean, he made that key play in the Super Bowl yeah. where he caught that deep pass against yeah. um, Richard Sherman, and I he think. made a bunch of plays in the uh, AFC Championship yeah. game that that year too. Even with him being hurt a lot, I think you know we need that. He he filled that role. Yeah. Whether he was on the field or off. There was a clear difference between him and Josh Gordon, or oh, him John. and Bry- Byron yeah. Pringle. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It was totally and then, different. You know, now we're not we're we're starting to just use McCall for that just certain little. He's little just a gadget shit. guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, which is cool. I'm cool with that because he's not a go down there physical get it dude anyway. Right. Well, seems like he don't want to catch in traffic. He ain't a big dude. Yeah. So you know what I mean. Any little bump to him, you know, the ball's not gonna get secured. Right. So I think I think they're using him correctly. Well, he was really good on the end of rounds and the screen passes and things like that, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs. He made that huge play against Buffalo mm-hmm. in that game. I think he had a touchdown against the Bengals, too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, yeah, he definitely suits that role 100%. Looking at edge rusher, it's a little more thin in this area. I think a lot of these guys are going to be out of our price range. Um, Emmanuel Ogba would love to have him back. He was part of the Super Bowl run and was killing it on defense until he, uh, I think he tore his pec or something like that or tricep. Well, he went to Miami the last couple years and just dominated out there. So it'd be nice to have him back. Melvin Ingram, of course, we want to re-sign him. Frank Clark, if we can restructure him and bring him back, have some continuity, I'd be fine with that. Um, but 28 million is unacceptable. Too expensive. Looking at Hassan Reddick, who's 28, Harold Landry's 26, Dante Fowler's 28. I think Harold Landry and Hassan Reddick might out, they might price themselves out of Kansas City territory. Now, Chandler Jones, who's 32, that could be a name to watch. And then Dante Fowler, potentially coming off the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's another opportunity for us to bring in a solid edge rusher as well. Now, looking at corner there's only a couple guys that i would want us to sign free and through free agency i think anything else you got to draft because we still have rashad fenton and we still have legerius sneed mm-hmm. who have both proven to be solid corners um if even if we don't bring back charvarius ward and mike hughes um you know we have our two corners that can be set now if we can sign an outside corner like uh, Kevin King or Desmond King, or bring Ward back and move Legereus Sneed back to the slot where he works best, that'd be great. Or we can bring in like a J.C. Jackson or a Justin Coleman to play that slot position and work alongside those guys. J.C. Jackson is like, I think he's caught somewhere like seven interceptions or more the last three years. And he's just so under the radar coming off the Patriots staff. If they do not retain him, I think we need to make a strong push for him. That's the guy that I want more than anyone, maybe more than a receiver, to be honest with you. So a lot of big moves that we could be making in the offseason. And, you know, as the show progresses, we'll talk more about that. Uh, Before we move out of Chiefs talking into play the odds uh, to get Drake's picks for the Super Bowl, I just got a couple questions for you. So, what was your favorite moment from the Chiefs season now that it's concluded? Gotta be the Bills game. The Bills game? Yeah. That was a good one. 13 seconds. Yeah. 
that's I mean it's incredible. That, yeah, that's that's a historic moment right there. So I mean, definitely that. I mean, there's not many. This was a tough season, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't a whole lot of highlights this season. Mahomes had to learn to throw it under. So, you know, there's yeah. not a whole bunch of cool, crazy, big plays. But, I mean, that 13 seconds moment, that was crazy because I thought it was over. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. was packing up, about to go to bed. I said, hold up. We got it. <laughs> so, that that's my favorite moment right there for sure. Yeah, that was a good one. That was an insane game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just, like, lost whenever they scored that touchdown with 13 seconds left. And I blame the, the streaker that came on the field. Or the field. He wasn't a streaker. He rushed the field. While we were like getting, we were lining up to for a fourth down attempt, mm-hmm. and that was when they scored, you know. And it's like, what the? F- are you kidding me? Is this dude ruined our season, and then we end up doing this miraculous thing, and mm-hmm. that was cool for a week until we. <laughs> that would have carried a lot more weight if we were right playing now. In the Super it doesn't Bowl. matter. I mean, the yeah. thir- I think the thirteen seconds will live on, but the game doesn't matter. <clears throat> No, I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. So, who was the MVP of the team for you? Uh, I know you mentioned Melvin Ingram earlier. Uh, that was a guy that I thought you know could very well be our team MVP. What? Do you, who do you have for that? He's a strong candidate for sure. Um, as a single-handedly, you know, pivot point in our season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one, man. It's it's one of these new guys, you know what I'm saying? It's not it's not anyone that's been on the team. I'll tell you that. Uh, I really liked um, Nick Bolton. Yep. Uh, put up solid numbers as a rookie, you know, just as a defensive player in general. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I would go with Melvin Ingram, man. He had the most standout plays, and you know, it's just undeniable that as soon as he got on the team, our everything changed. You know? Right. So. <clears throat> He had that really dope play versus um uh damn who was it that he like Denver? Yeah, Denver, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. dope. That was well, dope. <laughs> he stripped Melvin Gordon, yeah, who is his old teammate on the Chargers too, yeah. which I yeah. thought was really funny. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, that and then was he just dope. And then, you know, it just seemed like every every game he's always in the you know he's always in the tackle you know yeah what I'm so he's just everywhere he's, he's he's at the quarterback he's in the tackle so yeah I would I would definitely feel comfortable giving him team MVP for sure even though he didn't even play the whole season hell yeah no I'm with it I I don't think that's far off uh, Nick Bolton obviously another good candidate you know um, and then I really loved our offensive linemen the rookies we drafted mm-hmm. Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith both those guys killed it this year. So, last question before we get your Super Bowl picks. What's your overall prediction for the game? Like, in terms of... Who do you think's winning? Uh, definitely, I got the Rams, man. I'm going to need them to win. <laughs> Actually. We need them to win. Definitely. So, okay. So, you got the Rams. What's your score prediction? Uh, I got Rams... 28 to 17. I hope they, I hope, I hope, and I really hope it's like a 28 to 10 game, but like they, <laughs> the Bengals get like a chump score or something. Like shit. something at the end of the game. Yeah. I so, hope it's a 28 to 10 game, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's what I think it's going to be. Absolutely. I, I think, I think, uh, you know, Aaron Donald is different. Our, 
our defensive line really did not show up against their offensive line. I don't think no. Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to be like that. No, so, no. Not on the biggest stage. Yeah, not on the Super Bowl and just, you know, knowing, knowing what they do. And then and then they got a much more, I think they got a much more solid secondary than us too. So, yeah. you know, that's going to cause problems for Joe Burrow. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's up with him though. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. So play the odds with the fastest 40. We'll get your picks for the Super Bowl. The, the line as it stands right now today on January or February 6th, 2022, <laughs> the Rams are favored by four and a half points. You going with the Rams or the Bengals to cover that? Yeah, I got the Rams covering that. Um, as high octane as the Bengals are and, you know, as good as, as hot as they are, I think – that the Rams might overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that's far off. Um, I'll save my picks for next week. Trey will be back next week, everybody. I know we've had a, a good time bringing on all the guest hosts. And, Drake, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on as well. We're not wrapping up yet. But uh, Trey will be back for us to do the Super Bowl preview show, and we'll have that out for you guys next week. Uh, just give you a little teaser on that. Now for the over-under, which that line is set at 48.5 total points for the game. Based on your score prediction, you're going with the under? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I, don't see, I don't see the Rams putting up too much more than 30, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I, don't, I, I see the Rams' defense doing well, you know. So yeah. I, don't think that, I don't think it gets over 48. Yeah, I, I, I think that's totally fair. I think, you know... Th- these games are going to be tough to call, but the Rams basically have a home game. It, that's another thing that hasn't even been mentioned yet. So yeah, yeah, you know, they basically are they are playing at home, home game. Some of them have already been there uh, to the Super Bowl, right? Um, you know, much more experience. Mm-hmm. Home game, just across the board, they should win this game. I-, I would be very, very, very surprised if the Bengals pulled it out. Honestly, I would be too. And sad. I don't want Joe Burrow to win. <laughs> not, not, not after that, man. Nah, you can't get one. You, you're gonna have to at least wait ten years to Give get one. Give it some time, buddy. You gotta get ten years <laughs> in before you can get one, bro. Cause we not. I don't want to hear that. I know what we will hear as soon as this dude, if this dude wins the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, he came to a team that was bad, and he made him good, and he's coming off an of ACL tear, and he. He's doing this. He's with a bunch of young guys and stuff. Like it's gonna be such the fucking. I already can hear Skip Bayless, man. Oh yeah, Talking slobbing about, on his. Talking knob. about th- yeah, bro. <laughs> Just Talking about this the next Brady. Him. Like come on, bro. Come on, we couldn't call Mahomes the next Brady. Let's stop. Let's not call this dude anything until he does something. You know, right? So exactly. But yeah, I can't see him win that game. I don't. I don't want to see it. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hater. On Sunday, I'm a hater. <laughs> hater. I don't care so much about the Rams winning, even though there's a lot of guys on the team that I think deserve a ring, and they've been in the league, and they paid their dues, and they, they should get a ring, you know? Yeah. But more than that, I want the Bengals to lose because, you know, just because. Just because. Because I'm a hater. <laughs> I'm a hater, Because <laughs> I'm a hater. Call, you know, player hater of the year right here. <laughs> hate, 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 <laughs> yeah. hate, hate, hate. <laughs> so the uh, – the, Give you guys the rundown on our picks so far this playoffs. I am eight and five on my all my picks. Last week was pretty rough week, obviously, uh, for the show. Went two and one on my locks. <laughs> Josh went zero and four on his picks. Did not get one right. Josh, that was a tough slate. 
literally, if you had gone the opposite on all of yours, you would have swept it. So if you faded, Josh, congratulations on getting some money there. Um, Strato didn't fare much better. Anthony did not fare very well. All together from the guests were two and nine, uh, which brings our show total to 12 and 16, two and two on all of our locks. So not as good as what we did in the regular season, <laughs> but that's all right. We're uh, we're doing our best here, damn it. It's a crazy offseason. It cra- it's going to be a crazy offseason. It's going to be a crazy playoff and uh, Super Bowl and everything. Yeah. I mean, I, you- pred- I predicted the Rams preseason, or Rams Chiefs, mm. but... You know, it, I had Chiefs Packers. Yeah, I had Rams. Very Chiefs. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you know the the league as a whole had sloppy football. Like I feel like there was a lot of teams that just like for whatever reason one week they would just shit the bed entirely. Yeah, it's, been, it's like yeah. Like even week one, it's a weird, weird year. Week, sure. week one, the Packers got smoked by the Saints. Smoked, and then we saw the Buccaneers lose to the Washington Football Team. The Titans lost to the Jets, not the Michigan and the us. Texans. The Bills lost to the Jaguars. I mean, it was just a weird. We lost to the Bengals. So it was like a lot of good teams losing to shitty teams, like all year long. <laughs> that was that last one was a hater. Yeah. That that was a hater comment. So we're gonna we, end we, it. We we but you know what though we didn't lose to any shitty teams though. No, we didn't. We beat every shitty every team, team we, we lost to made the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So. Except for the Chargers. Okay, exactly. And they were they they were in the thick they of should've. it. Should have. They were in the thick of they it. They should have made the playoffs. <laughs> That's all right. We hey we didn't end in a losing record. You know we split the series, so uh, I don't count that. <laughs> <laughs> So let's end the show on a good note with just a hunch. I'm going to start with mine. I think we're going to sign Orlando Brown Jr. to a long-term contract. He'll be our left tackle of the future. I don't think this deal is anything less than four years. I'd be surprised if it was because of the capital that we spent to acquire him from the Ravens, first-round pick. And there's really not a lot of other good options. I wrote an article on Border Fuel about this just kind of breaking down everything so if you want to check that out go to uh, redkingdombf.com that's where you can see that article Um, a lot of cool details in there about like what's going on in the offensive tackle market what some of the financials could look like different things like that so um, I'm rolling with that as my prediction because that's truly what I see happening Um, I would be pretty disappointed if we spent a franchise tag on him because it could end up being more money than what we could be spending on the contract. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, what's your just a hunch? Man, call me Mr. Unrelated, but uh, <laughs> Lakers are making the playoffs, baby. We're locking that one in? Locking it in. Lock it in. Lakers are making the playoffs. It was Bet funny. The house. It was crazy. Like, you know... Since Kobe passed away, there's been all of these things like tying the Lakers back to Kobe and his mm, history and everything. And stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Well, on the two year anniversary, the Lakers were 24 and 24, and they were in the eighth seed in the West. Yeah. In that, like, it's weird. You can't make that up. He's in. He's in. He's in there. <laughs> you can't make that he's up. He's still with us. You cannot make that up. He's still. He is the Lakers, man. I mean, for real though. 
I mean, the Lakers have such who, a collection who's really of talent. Mo- who's really more Lakers than Kobe? May- you could argue Magic, but I don't think so, man. I mean, y- yeah, I think Kobe's, like, his persona, like, and that's hard to say, too, because Magic Johnson had a personality that was just, like, and, and he does he still. Showtime. He's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, it, it what his fan base was just insane. Yeah. And, like, everybody loves Magic yeah. Johnson. They probably up there together. I ain't gonna lie. But, yeah. But it's just like I don't know. Kobe had the whole Mamba mentality. He had the you know, he had that whole vibe about him. Like, yeah, Magic Johnson. He was Showtime. That's true. But Kobe had that competitor Showtime. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't fur coat Showtime. He was watch it. You know, watch the game Showtime. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was like put it all on the court. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But, like, and that's the that's the era we grew up in too. So I'm I'm biased anyways. But right. But man, yeah, I got I got the Lakers going, man. They got they got to they got to. You got too many stars not to make the playoffs, man. That's that would be a very big embarrassment. That team is loaded with talent. Not make the playoffs. I don't care if it's yeah. I don't care if it's Russ. You know what I'm saying? He's still a very good basketball player, right? You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. So Lakers playoffs. Let's get it. Let's go. Awesome. Well, hey Drake, again, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, anytime I get a chance to talk with my family about sports on on this platform um it's a true honor and a privilege to to share the mic with you know you or whether it's anthony or phil or anybody that we have on the show um you know while and i've said this before it's it's i'm not doing it with my partner trey who's usually here but i'm glad i get to have people that i care about and that the the people that i have on the show care about the show and yeah, it's, tune it's in fun and to do it's something that like a lot of us would have never did unless you invited us to do it so it's cool so i appreciate that for yeah sure. of course man of course well appreciate you coming yeah. on the show yes, sir thank you everybody for listening like i said we're gonna come back next week with an episode trey is back back in the building for the super bowl 56 preview episode we'll hash into some off season maybe dive a little deeper into what the chiefs might be doing and hopefully everything uh gets sorted out with the coaching carousel by that point so we can give you some more takes on that so thank you everybody for listening keep tuning in and uh we'll talk to you later let's get hyped.